0: you're listening to The Caregiver's Corner, your trusted source for advice and insight for navigating the journey of aging and caregiving. Our podcast focuses on many of the questions, concerns, trends, and struggles older adults and caregivers face each day. Enjoy and learn from various contributors and guests with topics such as dementia, caregiving, end-of-life decisions, aging resources, and more. Thanks for tuning in, and here's your host, Matt Gallardo. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Caregiver's Corner podcast on SoundCloud. Remember, if you like what you hear, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. So let's jump into today's show. Today we're going to talk about what makes memory care different or special versus personal care. Here on the Caregiver's Corner, we tackle lots of different challenges that caregivers struggle with. And one of those biggest challenges is choosing the right place to move an aging parent or loved one when living at home is no longer feasible practical or safe for them plus many caregivers struggle with the idea of allowing someone else to take care of their loved one however as hard as it is to consider it's often the best remedy for both their sake and for yours especially if your loved one has significant memory loss and or cognitive impairment. But once you come to an understanding that a change needs to take place, the next step is finding a place they can call home, that you can feel good about, and a place that really meets their specific needs, especially if they have memory impairment. Within the personal care and assisted living landscape, the need for specialized services like memory care continues to grow. But like much of senior care, the terminology and intricacies of certain types of care can be confusing, and they do often overlap. First, personal care and assisted living are not exactly one and the same. They differ a bit from state to state. However, from a wide angle, they look very, very similar, especially here in Pennsylvania. But personal care homes and assisted living residences are licensed separately by the Pennsylvania Department of Health. They each provide three meals a day, assistance with activities of daily living such as bathing and dressing, medication monitoring and healthcare monitoring. They also provide housekeeping services, laundry services, the all-important activity programming, and some transportation. Now assisted living residences then provide a little more care on top of that. They require slightly higher staffing ratios and additional training for certain staff. Also the bricks and mortar must adhere to larger room sizes and shared spaces and require private bathrooms. Now here in Pennsylvania, most if not all personal care homes also adhere to these requirements, but when it comes to an assisted living residence, it is a mandate. In conclusion, because of all the enhancements I just talked about with assisted living, they also tend to be more expensive. Alright, let's move on. Let's take a closer look at personal care. As we delve a little bit deeper into personal care homes, state licensure helps to operationalize and regulate the care and services that are provided along with the environment that residents live in. This includes round-the-clock staffing, accommodation and square footage requirements that I mentioned earlier, certain policies and procedures, and a standard medical evaluation required for all move-ins. I also mentioned earlier residents can receive assistance with dressing, bathing or grooming, monitoring of medications, or and overall health. Also included are daily chores that become challenging like cooking three meals a day, housekeeping and laundry, Again, another important aspect is the opportunity for socialization and activities on a daily basis. We know that isolation and boredom can be problematic for many older adults who live alone. This is especially true for those who give up driving or start to see their friends and peers either moving away or passing away. While all these services and amenities mentioned are much needed or desired, there's still a fair amount of autonomy and independence that residents can maintain in a standard personal care home. So let's take some examples. In personal care homes, you may have someone that is still driving. You may then ask yourself, well, why would someone need personal care if they're still independent enough to drive? Well, a good example is a widower. Not to generalize. but Cooking three healthy meals a day, keeping up with the housekeeping and laundry could be a challenge. Plus, he may need occasional reminders about taking medications or upcoming doctor appointments. He may also be bored and lonely. This gentleman certainly presents a need for some moderate help and oversight with a need for socialization and activity, but not real heavy custodial care. So let's take another example. We have a woman who is still very competent and shows very little signs of memory or cognitive impairment. She's socially engaged and enjoys lots of activities. But unlike the widower I just mentioned, she has lots of physical limitations, and walking long distances or flights of steps may be prohibitive due to degenerative joint disease or severe osteoarthritis. She also is no longer driving and getting dressed or making her bed or even opening a medicine bottle is difficult for her. She just needs a helping hand throughout the day. And finally, she likes the fact that if something were to go wrong, staff is there for her 24 hours a day. So both of these people are prime examples of older adults who would be in need of personal care. Now for a full list of what a personal care home can provide in Pennsylvania, I recommend visiting the Pennsylvania Department of Human Services website. And I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes. Okay, so we talked about personal care, but let's talk now about memory care and that added layer of support that it provides. Again, we examined two scenarios that a personal care home or assisted living could accommodate. Now just imagine those two individuals that I mentioned also having a dementia diagnosis, such as Alzheimer's disease, where they have significant memory and cognitive decline. At this stage, the basic and progressive personal care services and amenities I mentioned earlier must now become more specialized and comprehensive due to failing memory, cognition, decision-making, and even self-awareness. The programming, staffing, and even physical layout of a memory care unit is designed specifically for individuals suffering from Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. One of the most significant and noticeable differences is that memory care offers a secure living environment. Elopement, exit seeking, or just plain curiosity can be problematic for those with dementia. You know, Unfortunately, we've heard too many stories of people who are suffering from dementia going outside by themselves or are underdressed for the weather and then disaster strikes. While it may initially be hard to accept your loved one is in need of a quote-unquote locked environment, these tragic stories remind us of their intrinsic value. But on the brighter side these personal care communities also offer large open and clutter-free environments with lots of natural light and windows. This helps with mood and well-being as open environments tend to make us feel more relaxed and peaceful. Also, many offers secure outdoor space or plenty of indoor walking space, which can satisfy the desire to roam around and explore. Plus, private rooms are pretty much a a universal thing in these types of communities, which is a great feature for most anyone. Many also feature shadow boxes outside each room so that residents and families can fill them with pictures and memorabilia, which helps the resident identify their room. Next, the care that is provided and the activities that are offered are specific to memory care. As I mentioned before, personal care provides a lot of hands-on care, but as those who have ever cared for a loved one with dementia knows, simple tasks such as dressing or getting them ready for an appointment can be tedious and time-consuming and can be compounded by their agitation and their confusion. The constant reminding, cueing, and redirecting that caregivers must do on a daily basis can be pretty intense. Yet, staff working within a memory care program are trained for, understand, and appreciate the delicate nature of dementia and the extra time and patience it takes to care for someone with a diagnosis. Memory care staff are also trained to manage difficult behaviors and symptoms in a kind, compassionate manner using specific care techniques and behavior management, thus reducing the reliance on antipsychotic medication. Also, activities are important as well, and they're tailored to address the unique needs of individuals with dementia and their level of memory and cognitive impairment. This could include programs like music therapy, which research suggests listening to music can enhance our memory, lower stress levels, reduce agitation and even improve our cognition or arts and crafts things like painting drawing and crafting allow freedom of expression which is very important uh, with someone that has a dementia diagnosis and a chance to exercise their fine motor skills we also have pet therapy interaction with animals can help improve physical health lower our our blood pressure and even encourage activity sensory stimulation Stimulating one's senses, especially touch and smell, can also have a calming effect and help stimulate one's memory and cognition based on past experiences. Storytelling, reminiscence therapy, and activities, each can help jog older memories and stimulate recollection and group participation. Lastly, physical activity and exercise. This is important for all seniors, but for those with a dementia diagnosis, Their physical health is often intact, so getting a proper amount of exercise is especially helpful in maintaining their physical fitness. Finally, the structure and timing of a well-planned memory care activity program are vital. The right mix of activities, frequency, and time of day are really important. Activities just can't simply stop at the end of a work day or just happen Monday through Friday. The program must be robust yet flexible to meet the individual needs of the resident. So in closing, though personal care and assisted living programs have elements of memory care like medication reminders and reminiscence activities. A true memory program stands apart from these traditional settings and really complement these programs. For more information about personal care and memory care at Messiah Lifeways, please visit our webpage dedicated to memory care, which I've added to the show notes. Well, I hope this information has been helpful for you today, comparing and contrasting personal care, assisted living, and specifically memory care. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, take care. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to subscribe to The Caregiver's Corner and never miss an episode. Or if you have an idea or a topic you'd like us to cover, please contact us at area code 717-591-7225. Thanks again for listening.